Support for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast comes from Manscaped. Join the 2 million men who trust Manscaped and get 20% off plus free shipping when you include the code DADHARD20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so, so full. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block In the summertime when the sidewalk got So boiling hot That the heat from the street almost melts your flip-flops Or burn through your new shoes And leave you with holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock Off the Welcome, welcome, welcome all my do-datters, future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in. This is Dad Hard with a Podcast, and as always, I am your host, Mo Green, and I am just a dad that enjoys talking to other dads so I can be, and I can try to help as many people as I can be the best dads that we can all be. If this is your first time hearing this, welcome. And please, if you enjoy, jump on to your podcast provider and hit me with some reviews, some five-star ratings. Please, please, please. Last week, we got as high as number six on the parenting rankings on Apple Podcasts. So I shout out to everybody that listens to Dad Pahard with a podcast every week, everybody that just started listening, everybody that used to listen, every guest that I've had. That's a huge accomplishment for us over here in less than two years of doing the pod. So thank you very much. Please continue to listen, share with your friends, share with your dads, share with your moms, share with Anybody that you know that can benefit from just getting some dad content in the world, right? Like I said, I'm, what I want to do is just try to help us all be the best dads that we can be. So please jump on, give me a little review, give me a five-star rating. If you don't think I deserve a five-star rating, then give me a one-star rating. I don't give a shit. Just give a rating, drop it in there. I appreciate everything. Um, in last week's episode, it was the Father's Day extravaganza, aka the Father's Day appreciation episode. Uh, and I had some three great moms uh, that I had the honor to talk to, to big up their male counterparts uh, and and just gush over them as to why they were such awesome dads. Those dads have been on the show, right? So they were previous guests of the show. Um, and that was phenomenal. So I appreciate you, uh, all, all three of you lovely ladies out there. You did your men proud uh, in celebrating Father's Day in one of the best ways possible. Um, on this week's episode... My daughter is a month away from being two. I am almost officially in a terrible twos, although that has already started um, because she's in this phase now where she just wants to tell me and my wife, get away, get away, daddy, get away, mommy, go away, go away. And it's not like she tells me to go away and then tells my wife to come. Or my wife to go away and daddy comes, something like that. She just says, get away. She like It's like she's had enough of us. And do you know how heartbreaking that is to have your child tell you to go away? That's awful. I feel terrible every time she says it. She's now started saying it when I pick her up from daycare, right? And I put her in a stroller. I'm not even in her face. I'm not even in her face. I'm not even looking at her. And she's telling me to go away. She's screaming from the stroller. Go away, daddy. Go away. I'm like, come on. How are you going to tell me to go away? I didn't see you all day. I just picked you up. We're going to go home. We're going to go to the park. We're going to play. We're going to have a good time. Get some quality family time in. And you're telling me to go away? You just break my heart, sweet child. Break my heart. Of course, once they start to like, once they get to this two-year-old point, right, where they're almost about to be two, they've now fully understand, understood how to manipulate you. They understand that even if they tell you to go away, even if they tell you to shut up, even if they tell you to do whatever, 
right? You're still going to come back as soon as they look up at you with those puppy dog, pretty little eyes, pretty little baby eyes of theirs. And he's like, I love you, daddy. Oh, and there's the heart melt. Every time. Gets me every time. And my daughter is now becoming a master manipulator. In that she's becoming a master manipulator. She also has now become a master of running away and thinking that she's hiding. But really, she's just like up against the back wall of the apartment thinking that nobody can see her, uh, which I just find to be really, 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 really hysterical. And she'll do that when she says go away, right? If one of us doesn't go away, she'll literally run to the other side of the apartment and like put her face up against like the back door, all right, of of where our patio is uh, and off the kitchen and think that we can't see her, like think that she's like disappeared or whatever, um, but, but this, this manipulation thing is real. They really start to understand that they really start to understand that they can start controlling how you, you treat them, how you react to them, how you get mad at them, how you reprimand them. You know, maybe that's a harsh term reprimand, but like, you know, they, they start to understand that and they start to understand how they can maneuver their way through that and, you know, sidestep the reprimanding and just be cute and cuddly and want to do and get you to just be not mad at them anymore or not reprimand them, you know, tell them they did something wrong, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, And I think that comes all with the exploratory nature of this 18-month to two-year area, Right. And especially as you get closer to two years old and especially if they are around older kids. Right. Who have really mastered that. But, you know, they're not as cute as babies. So, you know, they can't get away with it all the time. Uh, So that's probably why they throw tantrums, which I'll get into in a second. But um, if they, they start emulating older kids, they start emulating different things that they see because they can now process all of these things. Right, they've they've been through a year and a half, two years of life. They've seen a lot of stuff. Still, a lot more shit they need to see, but they've seen stuff. They're they're looking at things on TV. If you're letting them watch TV, they're learning things at daycare. If you have them in daycare, they're learning things in the park. If you have them with a nanny in the park and and stuff like that, um, and they're learning how to emulate that, and and that the manipulation comes with that. Right, If they see one of their friends crying to their dad that they want ice cream and then the dad gets them ice cream, they're going to now try to do the same thing to you. right? And this is where the tantrums come into play because I also think that they understand that when they throw a tantrum and there are other people around, it's extremely fucking embarrassing for a parent to have your child be throwing a tantrum in public. Right? And I think that that's why they fucking do it. I really do. I think that they understand your embarrassment and they think that they're going to ultimately get what they want if they throw that tantrum solely based on the fact that you do not want to be embarrassed. Now, if you're in private, it's more of a thing where they understand the heartstrings and how to pull on them. And They throw the tantrums when you tell them no to something or they can't do something, etc. And they throw this tantrum knowing that like you don't want them to like be upset about something. Now, what gets me about these tantrums is that when they get into this almost two-year-old age, right? They definitely call it the terrible twos for a reason and I'm seeing it every day. Sometimes they just throw tantrums for no fucking reason, right? They just they just do it. I, like I was making my daughter dinner the other day, and you know I she I was making her pasta and she wanted it before it was really ready, and I was seasoning it up or whatever. So I was giving her like one noodle at a time, and she was like loving it. It was a game, and I told her to go sit down at her table. She went and sat down at her little table. She has this little table and chairs. I did my little TV trick where I pulled the TV out from the wall and turned it a little bit so she can see it and watch her blues clues, whatever. It keeps her quieter when I, listen, I know, I know, screen time, screen time, screen time, but it keeps her quiet, 
and eating when she's able to focus on something else. A uh, new tactic I'm going to try that I saw my, my mother-in-law do last night is to read to her while she eats. It's another thing, uh, but that's besides the point. So she's sitting, she's watching TV, probably frozen uh, as per usual, and she's sitting at her table and I'm bringing her food. She's hungry. She wants the food. So I bring it over. I put it in front of her and she immediately starts throwing this crazy tantrum. She she wasn't really like yelling. It was actually really hilarious. She gets up off the table. She just plops down on the floor, starts banging on the floor, rolling all, all, barrel rolling all over the apartment, gets up, runs to that back door, like I mentioned before, and like she's hiding and just like banging on the back door, like I can't see her, then running back, rolling all over the apartment, just like, ah, 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 ah. and I didn't even know what she wanted. I don't even know if she knew what she wanted. I, I, I don't know what, what happened, but for five minutes, the girl is just rolling around all over the house, just whining, flailing her limbs about as if she's so terribly mad about something. And I think kids just do that, right? And the, while they, I feel like they do understand this, this concept of manipulation and they do understand how to start manipulating you, I think they they also don't understand their own emotions and their own feelings and what they're going through. Obviously, they're only freaking two years old, right? So uh, emotions are a complex thing. I barely understand my own emotions, right? Now I'm 35. So uh, I think that when they get tired or hungry or like they know upset, happy, like they can understand those, right? Those are a little bit less complex to them. But I think as, as young, young kids, they don't all the way understand when they're tired and they don't understand when they're hungry and how that plays into their bodily makeup and then how that affects their emotions and all that type of stuff. So I, a lot of that is throwing these tantrums because they're tired, because they're hungry, it's not necessarily because they're upset or you told them no, right? Um, it, it starts to be about these more complex or off-kilter emotions. I don't even know if that's the right word, but it starts to become about that. And it, it, because they can't understand it, they only know how to express themselves through this tantrum style um, expression, right? Uh, and I think that, that that goes a lot into where these tantrums come from. And then also like why they're a little bit more, you know, why at certain times you find they get a little bit more upset when you tell them no, or you take something away or that they can't do it or that we're going to now do something that they don't want to do anymore. You know, um, it, it plays into that. I, I've noticed that if it's been a long time since my daughter has has napped or slept, right? It's specifically like when she comes back from daycare, I find that she's a little bit more irritable, a little bit more sensitive to how we speak to her. And I think that it seems like this is where they're starting to be able to express themselves properly or, or in a way that makes sense to them. Right, uh, because they understand something is happening, but I think that they're not understanding the underlying reason as to why they're feeling that way. Uh, and again, that makes sense. It's a complex emotion. They're only two years old, but this is something that I've started to to, to think about a lot as my daughter nears this two year old point because I see that changing in her personality. I see that she's more irritable, like in the late mornings. Right. So like after she's let's say she woke up at six o'clock in the morning, you know, by nine, ten o'clock, she's starting to get real freaking irritable. Right. But we're now trying to transition her into one nap. So we're not putting her down. So now she's a little bit more irritable, you know, and it's harder to navigate that. And the same thing when she comes home from daycare, she probably wakes up from her nap. Uh, you know, she probably goes down 1230, wakes up 233 o'clock. Right. And then I come and pick her up five thirty, six o'clock at six thirty. You know, that's a long time for them to be up. Plus they're active and they're tired, hungry, etc. And I see that at those points 
is when she becomes a little bit more irritable and it's more likely that tantrum time is about to come in or she's going to get upset a lot easier. You know, it's especially those night, those night times where it really happens, or those evening times post daycare where I really find it happening a lot. And up until this point, it's not anything that's ever really happened before. This is really the first time that's happened uh, as she's approaching two. And she's going to be that in a month. And I'm sure that that will only continue to materialize and, uh, you know, intensify as the uh, as the days and months and weeks and years go by. But for now, these these rolling, these barrel rolling tantrums, I can only laugh at it because at least for now, it's a little cute. She's still a little baby. She's not like a kid yet. She's still a little baby. So it's still a little bit cute. Um, but I already can see that it's just going to continue to get more and more intense as we get deeper into the terrible twos. Um, that's all for this segment. Uh, we're going to jump into a musical break and on the other side, I am traveling all the way across the mother fricking world to, um, to talk to two dads from South Africa. It is the start of summer officially here in America, right? I think the first day of summer was June 21st, right? Day after Father's Day. Uh, and so what, what these guys do, they have a program that inspires dads to get outside with their kids and just be active, do outdoors things, whether it's hiking, whether it's, you know, campfire related or, or camping related, I should say. So building a campfire, how to use knives and hatchets and build shelters and tents and all that type of stuff. Really cool. But all the way down to just getting outside, playing sports, uh, going on the beach and, and what that can do for your relationship with your son or daughter. So on the other side, I'm talking to the two founders of We Get Outdoors. So I'll catch you on the other side. So we're going to jump into a quick musical break and I will catch you on the other side. I never felt like this before. Rain clouds don't exist no more. Back in the rainy days was sign like a day. That was way back when I was living pissed off. But shit, I was pissed poor. And believe that's worse than being pissed on. Cause I've been there too. Yeah, I know that's gross, but that's real, that's truth. And honestly, these cats ain't being honest, chief. But when I rhyme, I'm Paul Pierce and it's prime. Do it for gang green. Dads, summer is coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach bod? If not, you're in luck because our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. So compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. So join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code DADHARD20. Let me tell you, I went to the beach a couple weeks ago, a little bit before summer hit, and my whole chesticle situation was looking very, very Teen Wolf. I did not want my daughter to be a part of that family with the hairy-ass dad, chest hair popping out, arm hair popping out, all that stuff. So I took the Lawn Mower 4.0, and I said, zip, 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 zip. I went from Teen Wolf to Teen Michael J. Fox real quick. And that's all thanks to Manscaped. If you use the performance package, you get the Lawnmower 4.0. You get the Weed Whacker Ear Hair Nose Hair Trimmer. You get the Crop Preserver. That is the Ball Deodorant, which I also use to keep smelling fruity, fruity fresh. Uh, as well as the Crop Reviver Toner, also for those balls. Plus, you get a free gift, actually two of them, with your performance boxer briefs and the travel bag to hold all your goodies. 
Like I said, get 20% off and free shipping right now with the code DADHARD20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code DADHARD20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your waves. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember the sandbox, Little League ball, felt like the sandlot. I was the Bambino, the salt on the swap. And Doc was more like Benny the Jet, no Henny, but yet. Pops tell us to drink up, like this will put some hair in your chest. That was before we knew how back with this week's episode of Dad Hard with the podcast. And as always, you know, once that music break hits it is time for the guest segment of the show and this week it is the start of summer it is officially the first week of summer here in new york in america where i am so i thought it would be great to bring in some people from south africa who are in the dead of winter right now but actually i wanted to have them on for this specific show because there are two dads from south africa that have started this get outdoors program to inspire parents, dads, especially to get outside with their kids off the phones, off the screens, off the TVs, off the iPads, off the computers, yada, yada, yada. And this is the perfect time to do that. It's summer. It's nice out. So let's get the fuck outdoors. With no further ado, I would love to introduce two lovely gentlemen, Mr. Rob Yates and Mr. Mark Hopkins. How are you guys out in South Africa? Bloody freezing, but apart from that, great, thanks. <laughs> I dig that. Mark, how you doing? I am smiling. The good thing about me, though, Mo, is I've got hair, so my head's a lot warmer than Rob's. Well, it's also a lot warmer than mine right now because I just chopped mine off as well. So it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I'm really interested to, to, to find out some background about what you guys what you guys do. What, how did this get outdoors thing start? Where did it come from? I know you guys are both obviously parents yourself. How did this materialize? <laughs> well, I'll hand over to Mark in two seconds, but he had a great idea and I told him he was wrong. And then I had to eat humble pie and tell him he was right. There you are, Mark. You can tell oh, the rest. That must, have, that must have been difficult for you, huh? That was was like actually eating the glass of this beer bottle. That's how it felt when I had to say, no, 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 I'm wrong and you're right. That's amazing. Uh, uh, well, I didn't quite catch what Rob said. There, did he? Did you catch that or not? I, I just I missed that bit. What he said? Did he? Did he say he was wrong? Uh, he, he did. Yeah, he he did. He very much did. And he said, and he said that you were right. I, I definitely missed that part. Luckily, this is recorded, right? So forever and ever, for posterity, I'll have this in in writing, in everything. So, and just played on repeat for him all the time, all the time. But yeah, yeah, I think where it came from was Rob and I have uh, two major passions. One is our family, and it is the thing that gets us out of bed every morning. And our second passion is the outdoor. And so my son turned, we should celebrate, my son turned 12 on Sunday. So he's a, just a tween. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. <laughs> Yeah, and then I think he, once you start, you get to that age, you start seeing the impact of the iPads and the screens. And we both started chatting around what what dads struggle with. Rob is a, is a much more hands-on, outdoor dad than I am. His background is 25 years doing every single job in the outdoors, where mine was, yeah. my outdoors is a real hobby. It's a passion. My, my background is, is slightly different. And I was looking at all the stuff Rob does with his daughter, Caitlin, from how she uses knives to basically... He's a bit of a child... He's a, he's a, he's a child labourer. He literally abuses his daughter because <laughs> he can't be bothered to cook. So he, he's taught her how to cut vegetables so he can sit and drink beer and do nothing. And I was just watching... I was watching how he was abusing his child, and I'm going, we could do something here that helps other dads abuse their kids. Yeah, and, and that's basically how the conversation started. Rob, Rob's so good with getting Caitlin outside and and he's so good at 
engaging Caitlin with the things that he does at the same time. There's things that we want to do as dads. You know, we don't always want to play with our kids. Sometimes we're knackered. Sometimes we want to sit and just watch the game or have a beer. Or we've got our own hobbies that we want to do. But what, so what we did is we said, well, how do we give dads what they want, which is some of their own hobbies and the things they do, but do it in a way that involves their kids? So that's where it came about, basically, looking at Rob, how he engages with Caitlin, looking how I do with, with my son, and going, speaking to other dads who struggle to, to do the weekends. And we thought, well, let's, let's give them a helping hand. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's great. I, I, you, know, you guys sent me over the, like, the pack, the, the adventure pack, and went through it. My daughter is not yet two, so she's a little bit young for the program. You know, I, I don't think she's ready to, to, to learn how to use knives and build hatchets and all that type of stuff yet. Uh, but it, it, I, watch, I watched you do it with your daughter, Rob, and it is, it's just phenomenal how, how you make it so interactive with her and make it very, you know, child-friendly. Like, these type of things, like using knives and cutting wood, like, with your with your four-year-old. Like, nobody would think that that's, a, like, a, a, a thing to do, but you do it in a very awesome way that makes it fun and engaging. It, it, does that just come from your your fatherhood experience with your daughter? Is that just what your relationship is? It- <laughs> It comes from a place of bloody-mindedness, really, it, in as much as I've got so many friends who gave up their life when their kids were born. Yep. They like they gave up all their hobbies. They, they, they might be able to squeeze in some time to watch some football or some baseball at the weekend. They might get a couple of beers with a, with a few friends. But really, the stuff that used to make them tick, you know, the, their hobbies and their passions... They all get put to one side and forgotten about. Sure. And I was determined when I had Caitlin that Kate, uh, my life wasn't going to stop because of children. Actually, I was going to do my children a big service by just including them in my life. And, you know, my, my wife, we made the decision together. And and I think that's where it all came from was, and I've failed lots, by the way. You, you saw in that pack, you've seen the best of them. But I've, I've, I've spent four and a half, five years now screwing it up in different ways, trying to get her to do different things right. and find different, not, not in like a, a dangerous way, but in like, how do you motivate a, a young kid? Caitlin's now five, but she was sort of just turned three when I started doing outdoor stuff seriously with her how do how do you drag her away from cuddly often pink unicorn tv electric related stuff that's very attractive and get her sat at an island in our kitchen on a stool with a chef's knife in her hand cutting vegetables because that's what she does like and and how do i do it in a way where she doesn't cut her fingers and hands off um and actually enjoys it at the same time. And I think that's really what it is I've been focusing on as a dad for the past few years is I do most of the cooking. So either Caitlin can sit in front of the TV and not have dad time or she can come and cook and have dad time. Yep. So h- how do you make it possible? Um, and I really think it's about enthusiasm and sure. energy and excitement and also, and you'll find out this, Mo, in the next 12 months, when you say to your daughter, here's something you can do, but it's only for grown-ups, but especially today for you, you can come and do it with me. Oh, interesting. Kids are like, oh, I can do grown-up stuff. Ooh. That's a great, that's a great little tactic there that uh, I guess, I guess my, my daughter is now starting to like want to do that stuff, you know what I mean? But mostly with her, it's just when she sees me drinking a beer, she now also wants to have a sip of it, and I obviously can't do that yet, you know. But 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 no, that's true. When they see when they see mom and dad doing adult stuff, they do start to want to do it once they get to that point where they like want to be kids and aren't like babies, you know what I mean? So that's that's awesome. Does she does she just love it, it, it when when you guys do that stuff together? absolutely adores it so she's a great example is she's at home at the moment because of covid so she's not going into school and my office is at home as well 
and she walked in at about two o'clock this afternoon and said, Daddy, can we do outdoor podcasting now, please? Wow. Just like completely unprompted. She just wants to go and do something. Yeah. Well, she was, I mean, she was cutting firewood with an axe, like axe two weeks ago. I, I mean, that's... That's and that's and she's not even five yet. Just turned five. Just turned five. Mark, uh, Mark, are you getting your son involved in in the outdoor world as much as as Rob is, or are you just kind of leaving that up to him? I think we do it differently. I think we've got different locations that we're in with different resources, which again we we try to demonstrate in the pack that you can do. Like people have this concept of the outdoors as very, very rural, very remote, very, very not dangerous might not be the right word, but like it's it's harsh. People have that that's sure. the view of the outdoors where where for me I take my son to the beach every day and we walk and we talk and we we play on the beach, we look at the things that are being washed up from the ocean, we talk about crabs. So it, again, the outdoors is is we, we, we can all do it in, in different ways. Like he's also a boy and he's 11, 12. So him and I do a lot more of hikes. So we'll sure. go camping and then we'll do, what's that, eight, eight mile hikes. That, that's, what, that's what we really enjoy doing. So I give my son the enthusiasm to join on what I love yeah. while also engaging him in the things that he loves. And I think sure. what, what, we, what we try and do is as adults and dads, we too often we expect our kids to behave and think in a way that we want them to behave and think. And, and instead of communicating, and again, it, it happens in, in business, it happens in all walks of life. It's, it's not the person's responsibility to hear what you're saying. You've got to talk it in a way that they, they can hear 100%. it. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's where dads, sometimes we, we do get it wrong, especially when we're tired, you know, it's bloody hard work. And, and the role of the dad has changed so much in the last 15, 20 years. I'm sure if the, if the three of us compared stories about what our dad did for us when we were growing up, shit, I didn't see my dad Monday to Friday. And that was probably similar to a lot of experiences of, of dads our age now, where what we're expected to do as dads is completely different. We're supposed to bring the child up. We're supposed to be fully present in all aspects of life we're supposed to work we're supposed to cook we're supposed to supposed to both do so i think that's what we've tried to do a bit in this pack as well mo is 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 show dads and give dads tips and tricks to communicate in a way that is really engaging rob's got a really cool trip which i'm going to put him on the spot to share which he talked he does with caitlin on their hikes i love this one this is like my favorite i've used this i've used this one so many times what is it? so Mo? I so when my daughter was just turned three, um, like Mark, I love hiking. Uh, I'll get out and hike anywhere and everywhere. And so my daughter sees me disappear off with a backpack once once every couple of months to go hiking for a few days. And so we're away on holiday in the mountains uh, on vacation, and she says to my wife and I, "I, I want to go hiking like Daddy." And I'm like, oh, no, this is how are we going to make this work? And then my wife said, where do you want to hike to? And my daughter points into the distance. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's like three miles. And and it's not just three miles there because it's three miles back back as well. And I'm like, how on earth do we make this work? So I I came up with this idea where we, we take a packed lunch, obviously, but have you ever heard of the candy fairy? If it's anything like the tooth fairy, then sure. But uh, but, but talk yeah. to me about this candy fairy. Well, the candy fairy is a special hiking fairy oh. that, um, that, that flies ahead of, of children and lays candy, little candy on, on little rocks on the path that, you know, every every few hundred yards or so. And it turned, of course, the candy fair is me, but it, it turns into my daughter's job to go and run ahead and go and find the candy for the next few hundred meters and then have a chew and tell us what color the fairy was because she's got an imagination of note. Of and then and then go on to go and find the next present from the candy fairy, wherever it may well be. And we, we did seven miles like that with oh a three-year-old. and she. She did, yep. And she didn't. She didn't get carried once. She refused. She just kept going, looking for the candy fairy's next present. 
Jeez, candy is such a great tool to convince kids to do anything. We're about to start potty training my daughter, and we're reading this book that says, basically, you should turn into a candy fairy, and every time they actually successfully use the potty, you give them a Skittle or an M&M or, or something of the like. Candy is just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal tool in parenting. I guess it's not just mm-hmm. for body training. You could use it to get him to go on, get her to go on hikes too. And and then from there, she was just hooked. Yeah, and like candy is just the equivalent of, of guys and beer, really. Sure, it's the same deal. That's true. <laughs> That's true. If I had to, if I'm down to walk a couple hundred yards and have to crack a beer every time and drink it on my way to the next one. I'm down for that. that That's this, it. Yeah, that that's really cool that you guys are, are are actively trying to get your children into things uh, that, that are your passions, right? And, and you're actively doing that. Like you like you mentioned, Mark, it, it's about engaging them in that and not just like telling them like for, for me basketball is my passion, right? So I I love that. It's my it's my thing, right? So I I, I also am trying to do that, trying to engage her with basketball, with the basketball and whatever. She's still not even two yet, so she doesn't really understand. But it's really important to get them involved and show them actively why it's fun, why you love it. And then therefore, they'll love it because you love it and they want to, you know, get closer to you, I guess. Do you guys find that that's brought you closer to your kids? Yeah, definitely. I do, but what I want to say is I think as dads too often we try to do, we try and be fast to go fast. And what I found with Caitlin is that if I go slower, I actually go faster. Now I'll, I'll get, I don't want to be fluffy and all like be mindful and all that shit about it. I want to, I'll, I'll be practical about it. So last year I was building a new um, fence in my backyard and the fence would have taken me about two days to do if I'd have just had me for two 12-hour days to dig holes, put in fence posts, screw up planks, you know, so on and so forth. But Caitlin comes out on the morning of the first day and said, Daddy, can I help? And and something inside of me said, well, how can you help, let her help? And so I gave her all the scraps of the bit of wood and said, here, you can make your own fence. And so a few yards away, she started making her own fence. And so the fence in the end took me three days to do, not two days. But I had Caitlin all day, every day for three days. Which is awesome. Now, it's more than awesome. My wife thinks I'm the best husband known known to mankind because I've got... I've got like my daughter engaged for three days straight and she's got some, some quiet time. Check. Like that's a, that's a win. Yes. Um, my, my wife is bringing cold beer out to me in the mid afternoon because she's that grateful. So like, that's a win. I mean, all we've got to do is secure blowjobs after that. And, like we're home and high, right? I mean, that's the, that's the, the, the golden thing. I have never seen Rob with a bigger smile than he had the day after he finished the fence. We've, we've got the new <laughs> That's amazing. And so the fence took a day longer, but suddenly I got the chores done, the child entertained, beer, blowjobs, and everything else that goes with it. And I've my, my world has been transformed, um, <laughs> just just by just by saying yes to my daughter and finding a way of making it work so that she can be involved in adult tasks. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and, and Mark, uh, I, I assume that's the same thing with your son. You say you go to the beach a lot, do a lot of hikes. I, I'm sure you say you do a lot of talking. I'm sure that brings you guys closer together. How has like your relationship with your son evolved since engaging him in, in your passion for outdoors? I think it's it's changed a lot in the fact that the great thing about the outdoors is there's a few things that the outdoors is incredible for. I think the first thing is, and again, if we look at kids today, they are incredibly impatient. <sighs> and because it. of social media, believe that if they do one sit-up, they're going to get a six-pack. They don't actually understand perseverance. And that's the great thing about, I think, the great thing about the outdoors is it teaches them patience. (laughs) It's very, very unlikely that you're going to get a spark and light a fire with the first strike. 
doesn't always happen that way. And so I remember one, one time I went camping with my son and we, we collected everything we needed for fire. And it took me and him half an hour to get this fire going. And after two minutes, he's like, Daddy, why don't we just get a fire lighter? Why don't we go and make our lives much easier? So I think that kind of stuff, the outdoors teaches patients. It teaches, it teaches also, we, we, kids love shortcuts, yep. like we all do. But if you tie a knot wrong on your shelter and it starts pissing it down, guess what happens? You're going to get wet. Yes. So you might as well do it properly the first time. Yes, for sure. So I think it, it, it's taught us that. Um, and the final thing that for me that's really made a difference is the, the ability for me as a dad to stop telling and start asking. You know, what do you think we should do? How do you think we should do the shelter? What shelter do you have in mind? You know, start getting him. And it translates into all aspects. Like when I pick my son up from school, because I'm fortunate, Rob, in, in, both Rob in, in our business, Rob and I get the chance to pick up our kids every day from awesome. school, which is an absolute blessing. But again, what, what do most people say when they pick up school? What's the, the standard question that you ask a kid? How was your day? How was your day? What'd you do? Yeah. It's the most boring shit question you can ever ask a child because what the child say back they go fine uh, or okay or, or or it's what my daughter says and every single day I ask her what she does at daycare and she just replies play-doh I'm like every day <laughs> yeah. you're just doing fucking play-doh like what are you talking about like what else did you do money right <laughs> so again you start teaching so I like I pick up my son and I go. The first thing I say to him is like, "What's the best question you asked at school today?" Wow! But, and he, because of the outdoors and how we engage, he's he starts thinking that way. He starts going. Actually, sometimes he's funny. He goes, "I asked the question, what time is break today?" And he's quite a cocky little shit, so I just smack him, and that normally puts him back into shape. <laughs> um, but again, yeah, so the outdoors for me is so good because it. It forces you as a dad to make some choices. Like every morning, I could I could make my son's bed every morning, and I and his bed would be beautiful. But my life would be a bloody nightmare because every yes. morning I'm making his bed. Yes. So ask him the question. You know, what would it feel like to get into bed in a nicely made bed? And he goes, "Oh, dad, that'd be amazing." Well, freaking get then it go do it, right? Right. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that, that for me is what the outdoors done for my relationship with my son. It's it's definitely made me a better dad. No, it's a really that's a really good point that you make in in like this age, this millennial run age that we live in. It's really all about just like immediate satisfaction. Right. If you don't get, like, you know, you go on social media and you don't get a thousand followers in fucking ten minutes, it's the worst thing. You know what I mean? Like that. That's what this whole whole age is like. That's why I really like what you guys are doing, and I really loved how you put this pack together to make it like a a, a child friendly survival guide, almost. You know what I mean? But also in engaging, making it activities that you can do. With, with with dad and kid and et cetera, et cetera. Because it's really important that kids learn that things don't just happen immediately, you know? And when you're outside, there's not really a lot. Like, nothing's like going from one stage to the next stage to the next stage necessarily. You know, if you're on a hike, you're just hiking. You know what I mean? You're, you're taking it everything, you're just hiking. There's no, like, end point to get out of it. And the great thing about what you guys are doing is the end point is developing this relationship with your, with your kids. And that's, I would assume, what they ultimately get out of it as well and why, why they love it. I think that's awesome. That relationship, you know, is so important in as much as you're, and I hate to, hate to admit this, but like I, I'm the same as my dad, just with a 10% variant. And Mark is probably very similar to his dad with a 10% variant. And Mo, you probably are the same. Sure. And, and so our kids effectively become us. So if we carry on as adults outsourcing parenting to people who earn less than we do, like our kids are just going to go and take their values and the other people's beliefs and they're going to go and run their life in accordance to that going forwards because they don't have that role model they don't sure. have that in time to engage and i think that dads think that it's there's that, that to engage with your kids has to take huge amounts of time and huge amounts of effort 
And you'll see from the pack and the videos I've made, you know, 20 minutes to an hour and a half on a Saturday morning doing something super cool where the kid's still smiling about it at the end of Sunday. Um, like, that's all it takes. Yep. It isn't... It can be a whole day, but it can be as simple as 30 minutes yep. lighting a fire and toasting marshmallows on the fire. For sure. And it's also great to not always just engage in what they're into at that moment. You know what I mean? And, and get them to engage in things that you like as well. So they can kind of expand those horizons and look to you as a, a role models. Did you guys both have dads in your life that you looked up to that, that brought this love or passion for being outside in the outdoors onto you? Or was this just something that you guys just developed over, over time? So my, my dad had his own businesses and hardly saw him till about the age of 13. So I certainly had no sort of roadmap to fall back on from my dad for those foundation first 10, 12 years of life because I, I hardly saw him. It's not his yeah. fault. He was doing a great job earning money and providing for the family. And that's also and what it was I, back then, as as Mark alluded to earlier. Exactly. And Mark, I think you had some, your, your, your childhood was very similar, hey? Yeah, I, I didn't see my dad Monday to Friday night. And I don't think my dad's ever set foot in the outdoors, to be honest. Really? Um, yeah, no, I literally, he, he literally every day he goes, that milkman must have bloody loved the outdoors. <laughs> That's yes. amazing. So then, he has no idea where it came from. So then where did your, where did your passion for it come from? How, like, how did that develop? Was that just, you know, were you just like outside as a kid, you know, not seeing your dad? You're just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go run around outside or whatever. How, how did that passion develop if it didn't get, you know, passed down from you know, your dad or the milkman? <laughs> it was a postman. My grandparents were big motorhomers. They get an RV oh, cool. and they used to travel all around Europe. And so as soon as I was old enough, I'd start going to uh, go with them. And so that's what got into it. And I was at my school. I started hiking through my school. Cool. Um, so I think I, I sort of fell into it. Just as a kid, you fall into it because you get bored so you want to try something different sure and as rob said my my grandfather was my idol so every if i could the more seconds i could spend my grandfather the better it was so if he went off i was following him and chasing him nice so so i mean it wasn't directly your dad but you did have that kind of father role model that that helped you to mold you know this passion and 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 what you are what you are now what about you rob where did where did this passion come from so I joined the the Scouts when I was quite young, the Boy oh, Scouts, okay. and had an incredible Scout leader whose attitude was that we were going to get all of the non-adventure stuff done at the bare minimum standard as quickly as possible, like all the saluting the flag and community service and whatever else. And if we were going to do it, we were going to do it well, and it was going to happen hard, it was going to happen fast and we'd do a weekend's worth of community service in three hours, and then we'd go kayaking for the rest of the weekend. And, um, Which is much more like fun, I'm sure, than the community active. service for three hours. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that's that, for me, and the freedom that the Boy Scouts gave me to go and explore and do different things and go to different places, that, for me, was the catalyst for where I am today let's talk a little bit more about parenting in general and and mark mm. I'm, I'm interested with you specifically because you pass your your son back and forth with with his mom how is that as far as you know keeping him engaged with, with you and, and and that passion does does his mom also share the same passions and does she do, do outdoor stuff with him as well or is that just like cool fun dad time What's important for us is we stay true to who we are as dads and mums. Sure. And so, yeah, she has very different hobbies and also has very different beliefs and values about how to bring up my son than I do. And that, that does cause conflict sure. a lot of the time. Sure. But I think in terms of how it works relationship, it's as, as kids grow, they go through different phases. You know, they become very dadsy, then they become mumsy, then they especially boys, then they start idolizing their coaches and stuff. And I think, as a, especially as a single dad, you 
you roll with the punches and you don't take things personally. Yeah, you play the mum role when you need to, you play the dad role when you need to. I'm being very politically correct because I, I've, I lost so I'm, I've lost so much in the divorce, I think I've only got left as a kidney to pay for a lawyer if I say anything too defamatory. <laughs> Um, no, but 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 it's it's interesting that how how the dynamic between mom and dad can also you know in, influence influence the child whether they're together or not. You know, I guess for you it, it was better that you guys are apart. And I'm sure your son, if your ex wife's not the, not the same way as you as far as her love for the outdoors, I'm sure he loves when he can come to you to do that type of stuff because it's probably a, a big change of pace and everything like that. Are your kids still? locked into their phones and iPads and TVs uh, like, you know, most are, even though you've developed this this passion for, for being outside in them? Or do you find that they're less, like those things are less desirable to them now because they now have this passion? I find... Oh, go on. I, I, I find, though, that my, my daughter will still spend, Caitlin will still spend huge amounts of time engaged in Peppa Pig or some other weird whatever it may well be however when the the barrier to her going and doing something else has become a lot less now since I've kind of got it more dialed about how to get her outside doing cool stuff so now I just have to pretty much suggest it and the TV doesn't get turned off because she just walks away and leaves it on. But I mean, is she just? But but she does walk away and she's out outside picking up sticks from the trees to go and light a fire with in just a few minutes. There's not a lot of what I experience with some people's kids is is mum or dad says something and the kids like raise World War Three because they don't want to leave the TV or the PlayStation or whatever it is. I found that. Caitlin now loves it, the TV that is, but is equally just as happy to not do the TV and go and do something with dad or something with my wife as well. Nice. Um, so I think it's been a win nice. in that way. Yeah, and the balance, the balance is good. It's everything in moderation, right? You know what I mean? So sometimes we need that break and so I can just sit my daughter in front of uh, Blue's Clues or Frozen and let her watch freaking Elsa for an hour and a half while I, you know, Frozen, oh my God. Mark, what what about, what about you? Has, have you found that your son has lessened his interest in screens, TVs, phones, iPads, video games, etc. because, you know, you're engaging him in, in, in getting outside? So, yes and no, I think. So the yet he's definitely less. He, he uses his iPhone now and his stuff to be more inquisitive about other things. Oh, cool. So he learns Spanish now. He does 20 minutes of Spanish every day on his phone. Amazing. And I, I have, he's on a, he's so proud. I think he's on a 67 day streak. And in 67, I have not had to say one thing to him. He's the one, even on the school run this morning, he goes, dad, can we do it together in the car on the way there? Wow. So I think it's, I think it's a bit like, it's very much like Rob said. I think it's, the screen is part of our life as a parent. It's always going to be there, both from our perspective to make our lives easier every now and again. Also, for, especially a 12 year old boy, he connects with his friends on, sure. his, on his set of devices. But I, I think it's, it's them, like Rob said, understanding what the purpose of the screen is and what the alternatives are. Yeah. Right. I, I, again, Rob and I have very similar experiences. If I said to my son, right, boy, we're going for a walk for the beach or we're doing this, he puts the iPad down straight away and he's up and ready to go. It's great. And I think that's, that's what you want to do as a dad or as a parent is you want to put the foundations in place that makes your life as, a pe- as easy as it possibly can be. Yep. Easy. You don't want to be in a world where you're screaming and fighting. I no. want my home to be in a happy environment, which is peaceful. Yes. And it's not, it's not the kid's fault if that doesn't happen. It's your fault as a parent. Of course. Absolutely. And that's, that's what the outdoors does for us. It allows, it creates that happy environment. That's great. And I think that that comes from how you guys are getting them to engage with other things, right? It, it's, it, it's getting them involved, asking those questions. Oh, what would you do? What, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. 
that it makes them think from a different perspective and want to be engaged in that again at other times because you're actually caring about what they want to do and and they know that they're going to be thinking about it and, and doing things on a different level than just being like, oh, all right, let's go for this walk. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's fantastic. So you need a good sales pitch. Whatever <laughs> you offer them to go and do has to be better than what they're currently doing. That's yes. that's not num- number one. Like, So you have to have a better alternative. And better can just be a little bit risky and a little bit more exciting, but it's got to be better. And you you have to build a new sort of trust in your kid that you can deliver on the sales pitch. So you've, you've got to go and deliver on it, on that more exciting, more enjoyable, so that every time you say, let's go and do this, it's going to be super cool, they're like, I'm with you, I'm in, and yeah. they can just jump into it. Yeah, and, um, and, and I, like, I like this candy fairy thing because it also engages multiple pieces of their of their minds of their bodies etc they're not just like going for this hike and doing something with their body they're she's actually now getting her imagination and creativity going so now you have like adding multiple layers to the activity that they're doing you know peppa pig is not engaging her at all you know what i mean they're they're not using her their imagination when they're watching tv it's all right right fuck there you know doing something like that making it fun making it creative getting multiple parts of their selves involved in it, I'm, I'm sure makes it all the more enjoyable as well for them. Yeah, and if I can add one more thing from what Rob said, because I think those two things are really cool. I think you've also, as a dad, you've got to accept straight away that they're different from you and yeah. they are going to do things completely different than you would do. Like, Very good like my son put the avocado up and I looked at him and go, hey, that's bloody stupid. What are you doing? But then I looked at him and I was like, actually, that's quite... Now I understand you as a child more. Too often what we do is we try and put our stamp and we tell them what they should do. Yep. I've learned so much about my son by observing him cutting it off at avocado. Because you learn more. You accept that they do things differently. And you start to see how they think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, just as something as simple as cutting an avocado is a great, you know, it's a, it's a, that's a great example there is that you can, you see them doing it. It's not how you would do it, but you're now, you see how they think, how, what their reasoning is, how they're developing their logic. And, you know, now you can, again, it adds more levels. Something as simple as cutting an avocado now adds more yeah. levels to that activity. You know what I mean? And it makes it easier for the sales pitch next time. Yeah, exactly. Because- Instead, again, we, we expect people to respond in a way that we respond. Yep. Which never never works. Never happens. Whereas I look at him now, so I, I can I can look at him in a different way because of the avocado, and I can create a sales pitch that so I, I love being I'm a manipulator. Yeah. That's what I am. <laughs> I'm and a that, proud manipulator. I just wish it worked on women. It only works on kids, apparently. But it whacks with a fence. Well, 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 well yeah. That's See? It. You know what you have to do? You just have to start building women fences. And then, you know, bong, bong, bong. You're good to go. Oh, oh I've just got to marry his wife. Oh, I guess uh, I guess that's another Thank way you. to go about it. <laughs> um, Guys, this has been awesome. You guys are, are fantastic. I love your approach to fatherhood it's it's unique from anybody else that's been on on the podcast and and from the people that i know in my general circle but the way that you guys think about it is what i i really love and and it's about doesn't have to be hiking doesn't have to be making fires it can just be something out of the house engaging them getting creative harnessing their imagination and just getting to know them better before i let you guys go i ask of every guest two questions so I'm going to throw them at both of you. The first is, you know, just what is your favorite thing about the fatherhood experience that you guys have had? Favorite thing about being a dad, favorite thing about the the experience in general, or favorite experience as as a dad? Mark, I'll start with you. In terms of experience, my experience is a, a life-changing one. This changed my attitude as a dad. Him and I were on the beach and we were throwing a football around. And he goes, Daddy, what time is it? And I said, I don't know. I haven't got a watch on. He goes, check your phone. And he goes, I said, boy, I haven't got a phone on me. This is just you and me time. 
Wow. And a tear went down his cheek as he realized that he had me 100% to himself. Wow. That's my favorite experience because that was a reminder that I have every day that that we have the greatest responsibility for our kids and we should never forget it. That's unbelievable. That's a, gonna be that story. Uh, yeah, you, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, you got a tough match here, Rob. Absolutely no chance I could beat that story. I I love it when Caitlin comes to me, and no matter what it is that I'm doing, she always wants to find a way of getting involved and helping and being involved in it. Like I I made a new kitchen and. I think she was three at the time and, you know, in, in, in her little knickers and nothing else, she painted the walls um, and painted herself and the floor and everything else at the same time. And, and I, I, I absolutely love that. Like this afternoon when I was in the meeting and she came in, just blundered into my office and was like, Danny, can we outdoor podcast now? And I'm in a meeting. Yeah. I, I, I could be pissed off. But actually, I'm flipping delighted, and sure, it's yeah. That's that. That for me is every time she wants says, "I want to come and do something with you," and I can find a way of making it happen. That for me is my fathering highlight every day of every week. Yeah, that that's 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 awesome. That's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, that's not a bad one. The second question that I always ask is, uh, I say that it's a selfish one because the reason why I do this and why I talk to different dads every week is so that I can try to learn from dads ahead of me in the, in the experience to be a better dad myself, right? You guys have done just that with, with, with me throughout this entire thing, but I'm going to ask you this last question that's selfish for myself. And that is what is the biggest piece of advice that you can give, that you could give to a dad behind you in the fatherhood process. My best piece of advice, Mo, is that you, as a dad, carry on with your hobbies, your passions, your interests, and find ways to include your kids in that, as opposed to stopping all of your, all of your stuff you're passionate about because you've become a dad. I think, I think a lot of dads end up resenting their kids because their kids have stolen 10 years worth of or 12 years worth of hobby time from them. And I, I never want to be a dad who resents my kids. So I, I get Caitlin involved in everything I do. And that means that I keep going in the outdoors, keep going hiking, kayaking, going on trips. And, and that's my best piece of advice for you. Yeah, you know, and it's not just dads that lose themselves in, in their kids once they have them, right? I mean, it, it's a big, yeah. obviously it's a, a huge thing in like the mom community that, you know, moms completely lose their identities once they have kids because now they're just his mom, but dad, dad's the same way. So it's really, that's a really great piece of advice for parents in general, because we all lose a little bit of our previous selves when we have the kid, you know what I mean? Mark, that's a, that's a tough one to beat. Yeah, I'm not even gonna try. I'm not gonna try because I think it's a message that needs to be reiterated. I think spend spend time on yourself for yourself so that you can be the absolute very best version of yourself and therefore be the very best role model for your daughter. That that's the, the most important thing you can do. I wouldn't I think too often we try and go into be mindful, which is probably the most biggest load of crap I've ever read or heard. Just be the very best version of who you, who you are and who you can be and spend enough time to reflect on yourself. Yeah, I like that. The kid's going to be the kid and you're going to help your kid be the very best version they can be by them learning from you, becoming the very best version of you. Yeah. Don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple, stupid. That's, that's a good one. Do you like that one, Rob? That's a good one. Awesome. Guys, this was this is absolutely fantastic. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. How can people find the pack? How can people go to uh, and, and start learning how to get outdoors from you guys? Wh where can they go? Give me the website. Give me the social media. Give me the everything to get people connected with you guys. If anybody wants to follow us, um, we get outdoors on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and every other platform, YouTube, every other platform known to mankind. Come find us. Awesome. 
Thank you very much, guys. Rob, Mark, this was an absolute pleasure. You guys are funny. You're engaging. You're just, I can tell that you both are just really great people and really great dads. And that means a lot to you to be that for your kids. So this was, this is awesome. This is an absolute pleasure. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. I'll talk to you later. Cheers. Bye. And that is all for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast. As always, to connect on a fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod and check out the website wedadhard.com where this episode traveling all the way across the world to South Africa will be right at the top can listen to this, can listen to last week's episode, the episode before that, all of season two, all of season one, and soon you'll be able to hear season three as well. That said, that's all for us. Until next week, same dad hard time, same dad hard place. We're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? Wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. I'm talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking.